As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequaled. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan and Johns, with you one last time before free agency gets crazy and it's already been kind of a crazy week to be honest with you but got kind of a free Daniel Jones got paid (laughs) yeah yeah I don't I don't maybe it's a good thing the Bears didn't go with Joe Shane (laughs) Ryan Table ouch man come on wow that's just terrible process to me you're in a hurry to pay a mediocre quarterback who was below average for three years above average for one just so you can tag a running back? If you're watching on YouTube or listening at home, you can't do this in your car, but put Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky's number side by side. Wow. And, and maybe send Mitch an apology. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. And they can both move. And Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to give Daniel Jones credit for what he did at the end of last season, but I don't know how you virtually guarantee the guy more money over the next two years than if you had just tagged him twice. So you're not giving yourself an out if he goes back to being bad next year. I don't know. It's just weird. So you, it's just weird. So you're saying you would have rather tried to work something out with Saquon Barkley on a shorter term deal. Then um, even, even if, even if I had to let him go, I would have rather just tagged the quarterback. Even if it meant losing the running back. Cause I, I think if you just weigh out the worst case scenarios, you would rather be in a position where you have an out with the quarterback. You can find other running backs. I like Saquon Barkley a lot, but you can always find other running backs. It's the the, the quarterback's the bigger priority and the bigger problem. So I don't know. Be interesting to see how that plays out. But you know, I obviously they're betting on the pairing with Brian Dable, and honestly, I think they're betting that he's going to be even better and continue to get better. Because if he does, then it's a great contract. But I just think that that's 
that's pretty risky. Anyway, we're not here to do a New York Giants podcast. We're here to talk about the Bears. Kind of a free agency primer as we get ready. We did a, a we're going to do a mailbag. John solicited a bunch of questions on Twitter yesterday. Make sure you're following him at Adam Johns. You can follow me at Adam Hogue. Read us. I'm at allchgo.com. Uh, new newsletter came out yesterday. I will have a mock draft dropping tomorrow on the CHGO YouTube channel. And uh, Johns and the Fishman had one come out this morning on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And you like it, but kind of don't like it. No, no, no. I like it a lot. Um, I like both your first round picks. Um, I'm just shocked. I mean, really shocked that Adam Johns drafted another Chicago area kid. <laughs> I mean, I just I caught me completely I, off guard. I like storylines. People had enough of my Peter Skronsky pick, so let's go to another <laughs> suburb by the name of Barrington. Just go from Park Ridge to Barrington. And, and bring you Lucas Van Ness. I like Lucas Van Ness a lot. I think it's a great pick. I uh, think he might be a good three-technique option. Just throwing it out there. I have a real content. I'm not alone in that thought. I have a real content idea for you, though. Every year, you should do a Chicago area mock draft. Of just Chicago kids? Take all the Chicago kids and then project where they're going to go in the draft and which team. Now that they have to be from Chicago, not like kids who played at Northwestern or kids who went to... Yeah, like the high school, like a Chicago high okay. school draft. Okay, Yeah, right. that's right up your that's alley. A, it's, a, it's a fun idea. And they can't all go to the Bears. <laughs> like, you got to send one to Carolina. See, this is what Cole Clement did. Actually, they've had a few Chicago kids <laughs> lately. So I'm not far-fetched with this. Cole Clement, Jack Sanborn, Michael Schofield. Uh, who am I thinking of? The kid from Illinois. What's his name? Doug. Doug, <laughs> Doug Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Doug, Doug Kramer. I mean, are you going to roll with John Michael Schmitz in the first round in your next mock draft? Maybe. Home with Flossmore, right? Yeah. Good player. Get a Jaden Reed in there. Nasty. There's, there's some options. I'm just saying. Um, all right. You have a list of questions from our listeners. I'm excited to get all these. Um, I have not seen these, so I'm going to be reacting live in the, in the moment. In the moment. Really any prep. Hopefully my prep to this point is going to pay off. We'll see. We're, I'm, we're putting me to, to the test, I guess, here. But uh, I'm ready to go. Let's fire them away. So, so let's, let's, let's set the stage here real quick, all right? Um, everybody knows that the Bears have the most salary cap in the league, according to Spot Track. Using them because they have a deal with the athletic. The Bears have over ninety-five million in cap space. Number two is the Falcons at sixty-three point seven million. Number three is the Houston Texans at forty-one point six. So that's a significant difference from one to two and especially one to three. Raiders are fourth with forty million. So the Bears can make a lot of noise. A lot of noise. The Bears books are a lot different than Last year, just look at their your top five salary cap hits. If this wants to work, here we go. Number one, can you name number the, the top cap, cap hit on the Bears? Holy crap! Um, Eddie Jackson. Oh, nice. How about number two? Um, Cody Whitehair. Right, very good. Let's go. Let's keep going. Justin Jones. Oh, I gave it Justin. Justin Jones. <laughs> Justin, Justin Jones. Yes. How about f- how three about three. four, five, and six? 
Well, I know Cairo Santos is six. Yes. Because uh, Robert Mays brought that up last week in our crossover episode. So I need to get four and five. Um, is um, Lucas Pat Patrick? Yeah, Cole? very good. That's four. Okay. At five point three million. So Eddie Jackson is seventeen million. Cody White here at fourteen point one million. Justin Jones at seven point four. Lucas Patrick at five point three eight two. These are their cap hits for twenty twenty three. And let's see if we get number five. Oh man. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this one. Justin Fields on his rookie deal at just over five million. That actually crossed my mind. I just didn't know off the top of my head what the number was. But that just shows you, like, he's still on his rookie deal. But he's already the top five cap hit. I, I know this is going to change here in a matter of, of days, but this is the space they have. This is how much contracts they could take on. This is going to change. Last year was a teardown. Now they're trying to build. Now they're going to spend. Uh, last year, they were resistant in certain spending. They had more dead money than active salaries on their books. But the Bears with $95 million are, are they're poised to spend. Well, pretty really much are. all those players, except Fields, obviously, because he's just going in year three of his rookie contract. But all those players could easily be cap casualties on any other team. Correct. Like, they would, they would line up as, as cap savings if you got rid of them. So... Again, when it just comes to flexibility, just I, I think about the offseason a couple of years ago where the Bears had to remember like a few days before free agency, they had to like that entire weekend was Eddie Jackson's been restructured. Khalil Mack's been restructured. Akeem Hicks has been restructured. Like every single player on the team was restructured, essentially, just you, to you, be able you're to. You're just kicking the can down the road. And that's why they got in the position they were in where last year when Ryan Poles takes the job, they pretty much literally had to eat a season. Yeah. They had to stink. <laughs> right? Seriously. You were paying guys that weren't on the team. Your best players were being paid. They weren't on the team. Wasn't there 90 million, 90 plus million in just dead cap last year? It was outrageous. Outrageous. Basically, the amount of cap space the Bears have now was what they had in dead cap money on the books last season for players that were no longer on the team. It's insane to think about. Good this job by different. Ryan Poles for, yeah. you know. That, Actually, but, the, but as the, I've said many times, that was the easy part. This is now the hard part. How Actually, you, I, I thought the most impressive part about that was actually convincing George McCaskey that, hey, we're going to stink this year. Oh, yeah. George had to be in on it. Sure. All Hopefully, right. Yeah. All right. Let's go. First question from Steve. What position do the Bears need to make a splash on in free agency? Do they need to sit? Do they need to do they need to set the market or can they wait it out? I will answer it this way. I will be surprised. I'm expecting at least one big splash, Johns, in the first 24 or 48 hours. And I would expect that to be either on the offensive line or defensive line. Um, if that's a little too vague, I could see them being the team that pays Draymond Jones a lot of money from the Broncos. Let's, you know, just a lot of this is connecting dots, right? But let's not forget that that was their big move last year with Larry Ogunjobi on day one, even when they didn't really have the space, when they were trying to lose, when they were trying to eat all that cap space, they still 
put out a big contract there for a three technique. And we know how important that position is. So I could see that happening. Um, I think signing perhaps being in on Orlando Brown, but I think like second tier money for a Caleb McGarry makes more sense probably at right tackle. But I think that those are like the types of moves that you see if you're asking positions, that's what I would go with. Let me pair it with this next question. This is from CFCDP. Interested in the Mike McGlinchey, Orlando Brown Jr. debate. Would you rather keep Braxton Jones at left tackle and McGlinchey at right tackle, or can you convince Brown Jr. to move back to right tackle? What makes the most sense between those three? So... This is an interesting thing. I touched on this in my newsletter the other day because I think in a perfect world, like taking the money out of it and just assuming he's willing to move positions, which are two things you just like really can't do, but signing Orlando Brown to play right tackle I think is a great fit for the Bears. You, you keep Braxton Jones, who I do think Ryan Poles thinks can be their left tackle long-term at his spot. And then you put Brown at a position where, quite frankly, he was a little bit more consistent. The problem is, though, now what are you going to be paying $100 million for a right tackle? Now you could say, oh, that doesn't really make much sense. However, if you have Braxton Jones on a very, 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 very affordable rookie contract for the next three years, then maybe you can afford to do that because the money between your two tackles is still very reasonable so it would be a little unconventional but i could still see the logic in in doing so but if brown left baltimore in part because he wanted to be a left tackle then is he really going to accept being a right tackle i just think it's a little far-fetched but i like the logic behind it and ryan poles would have insight on that not only who orlando what what orlando brown could do schematically because I think there's some differences there that have to be explored and thoroughly discussed by the Bears if you're adding Orlando Brown. Like, I feel like Mike McGlinchey is a better scheme fit. Yeah. He just is because he's coming from that San Francisco system, which is a very QB-friendly zone stuff. Like, you know what I'm talking about. It's the Shanahan system. Gets he wants to run the same. Here's my problem with McGlinchey. It just... If you're going to pay... $17 million a year for McGlinchey. I think I'd rather pay a little bit more for Orlando Brown. Or I'd rather pay less for Caleb McGarry. The buzz we got at the Combine was that the right tackle position is going to cost anywhere between 16, sorry, 17 and $20 million for the top of the market. Right. So... Uh. I don't, I, know that Kale, I don't know that Kale McGarry is going to be at that level, though. And he's also a scheme fit and has the history with Chris Morgan in Atlanta. Yes, he does. Chris Morgan has the experience with Mike McGlinchey, too, I believe. Or Kyle Shanahan's system. You know what I'm talking about. This is from Mason. Let's continue this offensive line conversation. Which right tackle free agent fits the Bears scheme the best? And which is the best player overall? I feel like it's McGlinchey. I can make a strong argument for McGlinchey. I think the Bears can at right tackle. I think that price matters. But best player overall. Let me bring you up um, 
Do you follow Brandon Thorne, the trench yes. warfare? Yeah, he does. So a really he came good job. out awesome stuff. I love his stuff. Please check him out. He came out with his free agent offensive tackle rankings. He tiered them. Mm. In tier one, he only has one player, Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah. Brown is a good run blocker and a solid pass protector with 75 career starts split between both tackle spots with two perennially well-run successful organizations, the Ravens and Chiefs. Teams will pay a premium for that left tackle, even if Brown's pass protection skills receives a boost by working with Andy Reid, Andy Heck, and Patrick Mahomes. Brown is durable, young, and knows how to play to his strengths. Expect him to receive the most lucrative deal among all OL Offensive lineman in this year's free agent class. Tier two, you have Jawan Taylor. We haven't talked about him yet, coming from Jacksonville. He has uh, an RFA. We're going to skip the RFA. Then in tier three, he has Caleb McGarry and Mike McGlinchey. Let me read you McGlinchey here really quick. McGlinchey is in a similar mold as McGarry, except he has more of an injury history to sort through. He was a plus run blocker over his first two seasons in 2018 and 2019, but has since taken a step back in his play, strength, and power, struggling to absorb and generate the same amount of force that he did early in his career. Part of this can be attributed to a quadriceps tear suffered in 2021 and also playing at a lighter weight over the last few seasons. McGlinchey also played in a very OL-friendly scheme with the 49ers, carrying the risk of seeing his play dip in a more pass-oriented system. McGlinchey still has stretches of being a solid starter and can, and can get back in that tier if he reclaims more of that play strength and power that was on display earlier in his career. At 28 years old, at 28 years old, that is still a possibility. So I think the biggest thing that stood out to me out of both those things you read is the durability factor. And it's like anytime you're spending a lot of money, it's it's risky. So I'm like, well, I think I'd rather pay a little bit more of a premium to get Brown, who's been more durable. But the fit with McGlinchey's obvious. Um and it definitely would not surprise me if that's the move they make. This is from Bear Down Omaha. If wide receiver is thin, what about adding tight end Mike Gesicki? Um, so the problem with that one was that Gesicki, and look, I'm not saying it's apples to apples, it's not, but Gesicki struggled in Mike McDaniel's scheme and was considered not a great scheme fit there, or at least that's what some of the blame was. So considering the Shanahan principles there and the connections, I don't know that that's the best fit for the Bears. That makes sense. So, I, But I've always liked McGlinchey. I remember watching him when he was at Penn State, or McGlinchey, uh, Gesicki. 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 When, when Gesicki was at Penn State... Uh, that yeah, they came to Northwestern and dude was like just making plays all over the field. I'm like, I love this guy. He's athletic as hell. I'm still of the opinion that the best route in terms of adding like that best pass catching threat possible is via trade. It's using some of that extra 
draft capital that you may add through trading the first pick and then flipping that for a more experienced receiver. Yeah. Like a Chris Godwin. Like God. if you look at the, the the salary cap numbers for for other teams, like the Buccaneers have problems. Yeah, the 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 Bucks are interesting because I feel like there's been no public smoke about certain guys but being traded. It's just been more like speculation. Like we know the DeAndre Hopkins thing is probably happening, right? But what's going on in Tampa is a big mystery. And yet you look at their situation and it's like, how do they not make a move to trade Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Ryan Jensen? Three players that could help the Bears. I I feel like they got to move at least one. They are nearly $48 million over the cap right now, according to Spotrack. And the other thing the I would Saints. say is... That- Almost every yeah, almost every year, Johns, there's like a surprising trade that comes out of nowhere. Where like Jay Glazer reports like right at the start of the new league year. Hey, this uh like wasn't that the um Jimmy Graham trade happened that way? It was like what? The Saints are doing what? It's just kind of how it works. So I was I was shocked that the the Chiefs moved Tyreek Hill last year. Sure, that I I forget exactly when it was, but like you're like, whoa. Same thing with AJ Brown a, on draft yes. night. It was like they're doing what? So, yeah, I, I just I don't think you could rule out anything. Really, is the point of me bringing that up? I mean, there's there's a reason that all this stuff gets speculated on because you 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 got to look at the ca- the cap numbers, the cap situations, and then sort of say, wait a minute, this team's got to probably make a move. Who who's it gonna be? I just think every year, like there's surprise cap casualties. I don't I don't think we're f- fully down that road yet. Surprise surprise moves because the, the the cap space like teams try to get ahead of it too. It's not more about this year. It's about 2024 and clearing their books. Yeah, it's getting things in order. I th- I think it, who who was it today just uh, came out that they restructured their deals. The Chargers, sorry. Restructure Keenan Allen's deal, so maybe Keenan Allen's off the table, at least in this moment. But the the Chargers got a plan for that massive contract from Justin Herbert. Yeah, you have to think two moves ahead when you're thinking about big quarterback money. I know what the Bengals said at the combine about T. Higgins, but you got a big, massive whopper of a deal coming for Joe Burrow. I think Boyd will end up being the one, the odd man out there, not Higgins. Not Higgins. This is from Big Hurt NYC. As much as the three technique defensive tackle is a priority, where could they look to fill out the other important role in this defense? Weak side linebacker. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I got a name for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce it correctly too. Ooh, Bobby, I know. Okay, I know Bobby, I know, I know. I know. I know how to do it. You do it, though. JJ oh, Stankovitz helped me out. Bobby Okereke. Yeah, that's it. Boom. You just got to... So, you got to think about the word carrot cake while you say it. <laughs> I promise you, if you do that... You're like a your true head, radio man here. But If you're thinking carrot cake as you say Bobby Okereke, you will, you will always pronounce it correctly. Just a tip. 
and yes, JJ JJ Stankovitz, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts and Lucas Oil Stadium, came through on that one. A lot, a lot of connections there that just make too much sense. Uh, you know, in their situation, I think he probably hits the open market and leaves. He's got the connection with Flus and Allen Williams and uh, Borgonzi, right? Um, so yep. it just makes a lot of sense. And now, I also think it's a position you target in the draft at the same time. Who do you have in mind? Uh, a couple guys. I don't really want to give away my... Uh, Your mock draft? I'm, I'm having problems with a lot of recency bias because mm-hmm. the combine just ended and... I might be guilty of being infatuated with a few numbers and workouts. Sure. But in terms of linebacker, like Iowa's Jack Campbell. Yeah. Looks like a freak. Mm-hmm. Be a great second round second round pick, right? I mean, high second round. Higher. Yeah. I don't think he goes in the first, but high second round. Talking about long, strong, fast. Could fit that. Middle linebacker role. Can Jack Sanborn slide over to the will? I don't know. That's a discussion for Matt Eberflus and Alan Alan Williams. But, man, there's a lot of potential. Iowa's got a few. Like They got one of the best tight ends, one of the best pass rushers, one of the best defensive linemen, one of the best linebackers. Pretty good year for the Hawkeyes. Um, I don't want to give away the name that's in my mock draft tomorrow. So you can... Well, you went deep. Check that tomorrow. But... I'll give you a different name, and then I'm going to bring up something I meant to bring up with Dane Brugler the other day and honestly forgot. Um, but here's a it's somewhat of a random name, but Utah's Mohamed Diabate. Um, I was this was a while ago now, but I was actually I actually watched the entire East West Shrine game, took a lot of notes, and um, he had like that sideline to sideline speed that you want at the position. He's six three two twenty nine. Show, seems seemingly was showing instincts to find the football and to me just look like a possible 4-3 wheel linebacker. So there's one name. The other one that I we I actually asked Brugler about before we recorded and then forgot to bring it up because we ran out of time. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with Nolan Smith. Now, I don't know if he's going to be in position for the Bears to draft unless it's you know, they move Middle back first. considerably or they add another first round pick somehow. And then the other thing is like, I don't know that they're going to use that high of a pick on a wheel linebacker. But so Nolan Smith is is obviously an edge rusher. And great numbers at the combine last week. He's impressive when he talks. But you turn on the tape and you're like. The production doesn't match the athleticism. And you're wondering, he doesn't always look like he has a plan. He's not polished as a pass rusher. And so you go, well, maybe good coaching at the NFL level, he'll develop that. Certainly possible. Or the opposite happens, and he's just overwhelmed by skilled offensive tackles that plan for you every week. So it's risky. But when I see him more off the ball, I see a guy with Will linebacker speed and size and I again, I get that that's risky to kind of project him to a different position. So I'm not saying the Bears do that, but that's something I would seriously consider as a 
4-3 team trying to figure out what to do with that kid because he's obviously got a ton of potential. I think he's you know has a great character, the type of teammate you want. And I, I I personally I think prefer him as a will than as coming off the edge, especially in a 4-3 as a 4-3 defensive end. I mean, he's listed at this. These are his combine measurements. NFL.com, six two, two thirty eight. That is not that long pass rusher that Matty Bufus covets for his scheme. Yeah. It's just not. That projects just in terms of physical profile for an off ball linebacker. I, when you were talking there, it reminded me, like this point of the conversation, reminded me of what Matt Eberflus said about drafting Roquan Smith in Indianapolis. Remember that? He was asked if Roquan was on the table for him if Quentin Nelson wasn't there. And he made the the joke that I don't think Chris Ballard would have allowed me to draft an off-ball linebacker that high. Yeah. Remember that? I do, yeah. Like um, if you're tiering positions, I understand it's, it's immensely valuable in the Bears' scheme, but I still think they start with the trenches. You go three technique and pass rusher first. Yeah, that's why that's why I think Okereke to just sign right now makes a lot of sense. Then you don't have to reach for that guy early. Remember, like you what are the Bears trying to do here? They're trying to find their Lance Briggs. Lance Briggs was the, th- the third round pick. So I, I think it's and and you'll see another name in my mock draft that's a little even later than the third. But and somebody I absolutely love. All right, what's next? And Okereke is young, too. Like, if you're going to give someone a pretty decent, sizable, extremely competitive second contract, Okereke, with his with his character, with his experience in Eberflus' scheme, it just makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. This is from Wes. If you had to approach free agency conservatively, as I suspect Ryan Poles will do, how many starting caliber players will be added to this roster? Long-time listener, love your show. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you, Wes. So this is another thing I mentioned in my newsletter the other day. Is like just a couple of rules to remember, right, with free agency. Um, one is it's extremely fluid. Team signs a guy, all of a sudden another guy's cut loose. There's There's multiple waves. There's another wave after the draft in early May. You think the Washington Commanders are happy the Bears got in a hurry to release Charles Leno? He's been a two-year starter for for them, and they re-signed him to contract, right? Like so, when you and that's an example of a starter. So to answer that question, like it's going to be a process. I think there's a difference between using the word conservative and patience. And I brought up too, like the Bears added two starters in training camp a couple years ago with Jason Peters and Alec Ogletree. Those are two solid players that they signed in August. Uh, and the Ogletree thing was like almost an accident. Because he just happened to he just happened to be there. With watching Robert the, Quinn. with Robert Quinn because their buddies and they were watching his sister win the gold medal, and it was like, "Hey, wait a minute, you want to play?" It's like that scene in Little Giants. You know anything about football? 
No. <laughs> no. You want to play, play football? football? No. no. Great, you could be on our team. Right. <laughs> and then he shows up to training camp, and he's like intercepting passes like oh. every other snap. <laughs> yeah, he was like easily the best player. Uh, yeah, and then you, that was probably a sign that the Bears were screwed too. But um, the point, the point being like, I think they'll, my hope is just that they have a little bit more luck. If I have, if I have one criticism of Ryan Poles' first year, it's just that they did not, they weren't able to turn any of these relatively light, low risk contracts into somebody you're like, oh, wait a minute, that guy's good and we want to give him a bigger contract. Like the Akeem Hicks situation, right? You, you, you're you hoping that, like I still like Justin Jones, but that would have been great if he actually was like, oh, that actually could be the three technique. And then you extend him. And there Long-term just wasn't three that. technique. You're talking like three, four seasons of great football. Right. And, and they just, you know, or even have the, you know, the Nicholas Moros, the Lucas Patricks, those types of guys, it's like if just one of them could have been a long-term starter, none of them graded out as a long-term starter. I'm blanking on his name right now, and it's bugging me. The guy that Phil Emery signed from the Jets, offensive lineman, became a captain, got a second contract. Matt's Lawson. Matt's Lawson. Yes. Those are the guys you want to find. I had this in my seven-step guideline. If there's one, it's a column on The Athletic. Please check it out. Um, this is number four. It's let some veterans come to you for prove-it deals. The Bears have all this money. Um, it's much like, here. here's another example. It's like Prince of Mukamara in 2017. You got a one-year, $7 million deal. That's not like a veteran minimum, veteran minimum benefit deal. That's a sizable contract, but for a good player, a starter, right? That's a starter, this decent starter money for a guy who needs to prove a little bit more. He turned that into a three-year extension. He became a great member for the 2018 defense. Media loved the guy. This year's free agent class of cornerbacks includes a number of former second-round picks who aren't going to get what they want in free agency. Like, you may be able to find a talented guy who benefits from a change of scenery and different coaching or even a scheme change who could turn a short-term deal, like a one-year, $8 million contract, to something a little bit longer. The Bears are in a position of strength to let that come to them because they can offer that $8 million as opposed to $4 million. Some of those include Byron Murphy. He's in the Cardinals. Isaiah Oliver on the Falcons. Sean Murphy Bunting on the Buccaneers. And Rock Yasin. Of the Raiders, formerly of the Colts. He was drafted by the Colts when Iberflus was their defensive coordinator. Good player. He's had injury problems. But that's a good yes. that's a great connection that he was a second round, 34th overall pick in 2019 when Matt Iberflus was in Indy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. This is from Logan. Which free agent DT defensive tackle best fits Eberflus's vision of a three-tech? We talked Larry Ogunjobi. He's available again. I know. Would you do it? No. I'm glad you brought this up. No, you'd stay away? I mean, look at how it played out. I mean, he he didn't. There was like, remember, there was all that talk. like, And even Poles didn't rule it out. He's like, yeah, maybe we can come back to the table and figure this out. He ends up going to Pittsburgh. Um, One year, $8 million deal. He battled through injuries. But played through them because he started 16 games. Um. We talked to uh, Mark Caball, right? The Steelers writer Caboli. in the season. Caboli, uh, excuse me, sorry for messing that up. But he joined us after the Claypool trade, and we threw that Ogan Joby question at him. And he was like, "Yeah, when he's out there, he's pretty good, but can't stay healthy." So I think I don't think he fits the long term answer that I think the Bears are going to be seeking at that position, whether it's a big contract for a free agent or a high draft pick for a three technique. I, I think that I don't think that Ogunjobi's your guy. If you're the Bears, are you going all in on Draymond Jones or Javon Hargrave? Hargrave uh, is older at 30. Yeah, I like I like I think I like Draymond. I've been doing more homework on him. He's he's younger, he's 26. Um I like guys that are hitting free agency in that 25 to 26 year old range that are still ascending. If you are going to if you are going to be that team that throws big money around, those are the contracts to me that are worth taking a, that risk on. And I think I think Draymond Jones is going to get paid 
And I won't be sitting there criticizing the Bears if they're the team that does it. Would you rank that above right tackle? In terms of need? Splash. Like, if you're the Bears and you're thinking, we're doing one top-tier free agent and that's it. Mm -hmm. Are you going Orlando Brown or Mike McGlinchey? Or Draymond Jones and Javon Hargrave? I think I would rank right tackle higher. Um... Because in terms of protecting Justin Fields, I think I feel better about spending money on a tackle who I know can go out there right away and protect him. As opposed to if you draft a... To me, there's a higher likelihood, especially with the class of players that I'm already seeing. Like There's some good three techniques that I like in the second, third rounds of the draft. And I'm more willing to throw those kids out there on defense. Be like, go. Just go. Go get the quarterback. What's the downside, right? You're not going to get your quarterback killed. You're on defense. Whereas uh, you put a rookie right tackle out there. (laughs) Yeah. right. You put a rookie right tackle out there, and even if he has a high ceiling, you're drafting a guy second, third round. There's going to be some growing pains there. So I feel better about putting the veteran out there sooner. Uh, So I, I, I think I'd still spend that money on tackle before three technique. But I agree with you. It could be both. It really could be both with all the flexibility the Bears have. My two splashes. How about two this year? Yeah, I think that's fine. But I I don't mind your strategy there. If you're the Bears, you can remind yourself, oh, Justin Jones, team captain, not a bad player. Not great, but not bad. Still under contract for one more year. Let's draft the guy, Clyde Jacanty. Like I mentioned earlier, Lucas Van Ness might actually be better at three technique. Look at some of his film. He is... Quite dominant when he's inside over a guard. See, I view that as just like bonus versatility because when you talked earlier also about Fuse's like picture of a 4-3 defensive end and the length and size, like I think he oh, yeah, pro- he does. prototypical for that. So I don't want to waste that. But I love the idea that you can, his primary position is 4-3 D end and you have the ability to put him inside. Well, think of it like want. a third and long situation. Put him inside. Put Dominique Robinson outside. Put your four best pass rushers on the field. NASCAR package. NASCAR. NASCAR. All right, last question for you. This is from Steve. My buddy ran into Robbie Gold at the Bulls-Pacers game and asked if he wanted to come back home. He said he'd love to. Any chance it happens, Adam Hogue? Um, I love that Like Robbie Gold was stopped and asked about this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. What's he going to say, though? I mean, no, I'm good. (laughs) I live here. I just live here. I mean, I I certainly don't think he would turn it down if the Bears wanted to go down that road, right? The opportunity after how many years? It's been a while now that he's had to, you know, go out to San Francisco without his family during the season. Like, I I mean, to me... That's the driving force for why he's not going to be a 49er anymore. Otherwise, things have been going well there. He's got a better chance of winning a ring out there than probably coming here. But look, part of me feels, I'm going to be honest, I feel uncomfortable talking about this a little bit because I don't think Cairo Santos deserves 
to basically have to be like he's done a really good job to the point that he shouldn't have to hear like speculation that he might lose his job. But which one's the better kicker right now? I still think Robbie Gold's probably better. And Cairo did have struggles with the extra points last last season. And I think Robbie Gold could still play for three, four more years. Yes, he's probably going to be more expensive. But again, you're in the situation where you can afford to pay a couple extra dollars for for that situation. And I I guess what's the motivation, though, if you're Ryan Poles? Like he doesn't necessarily care about that old school connection between Robbie and the team. Like to me, that's something where that's more of a George McCaskey thing. I would prefer if I'm Ryan Poles. Like my preference would probably be let's see if Santos could sort this out. Let's not create something like we don't have to. If Robbie Gold wants to come here next year. Santos is out of contract? Sure. We can have that conversation then, but right now, if I'm Ryan Poles, with Santos under contract and a whole bunch of other needs, let the veteran kicker try to figure it out. Yeah. I I could see it either way. I could see it either way. Um because on the flip side, you could be like, well, he only has one year left on his contract. We started this podcast by talking about the highest cap hits on the team and how any of those guys could be cap casualties on any other team. So it it's not hard at all financially to make this move. And, you know, in some ways it would, it would right a wrong. And we've certainly seen in the past year that this franchise is not afraid to you know, go back to the future. With uh, they're they're doing it with Lovey Smith's defense. They're doing it with you know the loaf the loafs, all that stuff. They, they the literally did. they and, know it works. And and if they're trying to bring that type of culture back, well, Robbie knows that culture. He sure you know. And I don't think it'd be the worst thing for the locker room. Young team that needs needs veterans like that. Even even from a. Now, some guys don't respect the kicker no matter how old they are, but Robbie's a different type of kicker. Robbie, yeah. Robbie's always been different. He's probably listening right now. Damn right I'm different, Adam. <laughs> he is for good reason. Yes, yes. Always has been. I don't know. It's I personally I would do it. I'd have no problem with it. Um, but part of me really does like Cairo Santos and it's it's an uncomfortable thing and it's a tough situation. Yeah. Part of me just feels like this is just one year away from happening. In all honesty. Okay. So Robbie signs a one-year deal somewhere else? Yes. He goes for that ring somewhere else. Bears play things out with Santos, and then Robbie Gold comes home to finish out his career with hopefully a better better Bears team. One that took advantage of amazing draft capital obtained by trading the first pick. One One thing that I think is worth mentioning, though, in the conversation, like, Richard Hightower was a reason why Robbie ended up in San Francisco. Because they crossed over in Chicago. And then he was a special teams coordinator in 49ers. So in the connecting the dots game, there's also that angle to it. Just just mentioning, not saying it means anything, just just I think it's part of the conversation in the context. Those past connections. Teams yeah. always rely on them. 
that familiar face helps. Uh, what did Ryan Pace describe free agency as? Treacherous waters? Yeah. Knowing the players through past experiences helps get teams through it. Don't you get the sense, though, that polls is like a little bit more um, excited about free agency, though? Like, treacherous water sounds like a bad thing. Like, yeah. Paul said at the combine, like, he can't, he's having trouble sleeping right now because he's constantly <laughs> thinking about all the permutations, ways Dude, the Bears he, can go. He's got money to spend. Yeah. Lots of it. It's exciting. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Yeah. We'll see. But if we're ranking them, I would go right tackle, three tech. Receiver, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of good receivers out there in free agency. I, I really don't. Don't force that issue. Linebacker. That's what I would I think, do. Those three, right? Those three I would try to hit. If, if the Bears come away from free agency with a better right tackle, an upgrade of three tech, a starting will linebacker, that that is a successful run through free agency. Jacoby Myers is the only wide receiver. Um, it's an intriguing name. Kind of open to on the free agent market. I think he's a good culture fit. I think he's he's still young. I think he's only twenty six. Um, coming from the Patriots, good presence in the locker room. But and I'm not sure he costs a ton, but he also is not necessarily that. You know, he's certainly not that number one difference maker that kind of fixes everything. But I think he helps the cause a little bit. Do we, do we have any more? No, that's it. All right. Thought that you had fun. to go. I do have to go. I just didn't know if we had any more we wanted to sneak in. But um, that was fun. A lot of great questions. Appreciate everybody chiming in. And um, it's going to be fun weekend of speculation. By the time you listen to this, maybe there's even a resolution on Aaron Rodgers. Probably not, though, because he just likes to... <laughs> this dude's going to... He's going to go back gonna, into his... Like, you know, his, his dark cabin or whatever, the his hobbit hole. And, and you know, I got to think out this Jets thing. Let me disappear for three more days. Yeah, I think he's got to go hole. back. <laughs> Someone sent me something that it's like a bat. It was actually a badger hole. And I should have known that. <laughs> really? I don't know. Or badger hut. I don't know. I mean, I've seen it. It's, it's a little room. It's not exactly five-star accommodations, but there was a toilet and a bed in there it sounds terrible it just sounds awful you like what he's like they were talking i listened to the whole pod they talked about how they walk around and they just run into each other like run into things and they hurt themselves <laughs> stubbing their toes like what like like here's a better idea just go camping by yourself <laughs> seriously right i don't I'm sure it's gonna make. I'm sure it's gonna be the Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers weekend. I love though that like the the whole buzz of this, or at least the Green Bay side of this, is that we're we're just effing done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could go talk to the Jets. Please do. Please do. The compensation will, will be interesting though. Um. Because they got to work all that out. It's still a tricky situation, so I understand it taking a little bit of time. But um, whatever, that's kind of my response. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> whatever at this point. Hogan Johns is here for the the start of the Jordan Love era of Packers football, though. We've been waiting for this for a few years now. Yeah, I accidentally went on another Jordan Love rant the other day, too. It's either going to be... I'm so far down that hole that it's either going to be one of my best takes or it's going to be my worst. (laughs) It's either going to be spot on that he's just not good or it's going to be just another Packer quarterback that's around for 20 years. Yeah. No, I don't think it's going to be that. So... All right, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can get me on allchgo.com. Uh, of course, Johns and Fishbane have their mock out today. Go check that out. Mine's coming out tomorrow, uh, video form on the CHGO YouTube channel and uh, in your inbox as well for CHGO diehards. Check it out. Um, we're going to try to enjoy the weekend, and then things will get crazy on Monday. And we'll we'll start to tamper see tamper window. It's time the, to tamper. Illegal tampering window <laughs> that people get really angry about that you say out loud. If it's legal, it's not tampering. It's okay, man. It's just a term. Yeah, it's not the it's end of the negotiation world. window. Yeah. Uh, and keep in mind that's only for unrestricted free agents. So, like, the Lamar Jackson thing, can't talk to him until Wednesday. And trades cannot be official until Wednesday either. I mean, they can negotiate them and agree to terms, which has been happening a lot the last couple of years. But it's been a little bit slower going this year on that in that regard. Yeah, I believe future draft picks can't be traded to the new league year. So, yeah. stay tuned. Um, all right, we're out of here. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week when the fun begins. See ya. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, 